PR's Top Pros Talk, Sustaining Momentum for DEI Initiatives, featuring Jenny Wong, Senior Vice President at Clyde. And here's your host, Doug Simon. Jenny, three years ago, after the George Floyd murder, there was a surge of DEI awareness. Do you feel that that has tapered off somewhat since then? I wish the answer was different, but unfortunately, we've seen a lot of momentum around DEI and health equity, um, quite frankly, be lost across corporate America. Um, after uh, 2020, after the murder of George Floyd and our um, national reckoning, um, obviously, we saw a lot of brands respond to um, this this momentous upheaval by committing new energy and focus. Um, but I think diversity fatigue has become very real um, and it's growing. Um, and simply put, not enough progress has been made. So take, for example, executive representation, which for many companies is or was part of their you know, commitments that they they made. Um, back then. Even today, only 10% of um, Fortune 500 companies have female CEOs. Less than 1% have a a woman of color at the helm. Um, And in fact, Fortune 500 boards, when it comes to board representation, have also taken a a step back. So, um, you know, I think what's also really important to keep in mind is we've seen um, so much backlash and politicization of ESG and quote unquote woke capitalism. Um, It's really being weaponized politically. And I think that just overall reflects the deep polarization that um, our country is in. So that is my that is my answer to yes, unfortunately, um, we have lost some of that momentum. So if we can be optimistic and believe that companies do want to regain some of that momentum, What are some of the best ways they can actually go about regaining that energy? That is a very multi-layered answer. Uh, I will reiterate that time and time again, um, the business case for um, gender equality, diversity, inclusion remains undeniable. We've seen all the stats, right? Various stats, research, whether it's McKinsey or or other um, sources. Uh, And also we know that... um, that ethnically diverse and gender diverse companies are more likely to be not just more profitable and have higher revenue, but also have more engaged employees. So really that whole ecosystem. Um, I think also what corporations should keep in mind when it comes to staying the course and why they should stay the course is um, consumer demographics are undeniable and consumer expectations are very much um, changing. So we know that about three quarters of U.S. consumers um, say that brands play an important role in advocating for positive social and environmental change. Um, we also know that millennials and Gen Z um, are obviously, and I, I count myself as a millennial, um, we're prioritizing concerns around um, DEI more and more, and it influences where we work. Um, which brands get our money and even our our investment strategies. Um, Gen Z millennials make up half of the workforce today. Uh, Gen Z alone, by the end of the decade, will be a third of the entire workforce, according to um, 
the U.S. Bureau of, of Labor Statistics. Um, and a couple of important things, I know I'm throwing out a lot of facts, but I think it's important to, to, to keep this um, top of mind in terms of why this is so important and why it's inevitable. Also, four out of five um, Gen Zers say that an employer's commitment to DNI is is very important or significant when choosing where they work. Um, and also, four out of five Gen Zers say it's important for brands that they buy from um, to address DNI. So, simply put, these are the consumers and employees of the future, um, and this is what is expected. Can you explain what you call the four pillars of consideration? Number one, intentionality, first pillar, and that is really um, making sure that you are intentional about what you do or don't wade in on and what extent that you do take action, right? Um, that's number one. Number two is transparency. I think that's pretty obvious. If you're going to make some commitments, you should also, um, as much as you can, show transparency around your um, momentum or lack thereof, um, which is totally okay. And then the third pillar is authenticity. So I know that's a vague term, but I think it's very important for um, us as, as brands and companies to ensure uh, we're not being performative and communicating in a way that um, comes off as, as genuine. And we can talk a little bit about like, what are some sample, sample small ways to do that? Um, and then the fourth, the last pillar is creativity. And I think that really uh, covers, um, let's expand even the notion of what diversity means, right? Um, especially as we move forward, especially with millennials and Gen Z, we are um, being asked to more and more, we as in companies, organizations are being asked to represent um, larger um and different populations that uh, are beyond even just race or ethnicity, right? It could be neurodiversity. It could be um, other forms of diversity. So anyways, creativity is the fourth and final pillar. Yeah, that's really great. And one of the things that's sort of hopeful to me, at least, is that they don't seem to be in conflict with each other. Sometimes you hear about the choices, but being intentional, being transparent, authentic, and then putting creativity and creative thought on top of that seem like a chance to get a good solution. Do you have some examples, maybe things worked well or things didn't go so well, even though maybe the original intention might've been positive? Let me like mix that with maybe some um, examples of things that people can consider or questions to ask. And then maybe some, uh, like you oh. said, some examples and that can be, uh, let me hopefully give a little bit more color. Um, so when it comes to the first pillar intentionality, um, obviously, ESG issues that matter to one company can be completely different from another company. Um, no company should necessarily wade into and talk about every single issue, um, right? And so they kind of have to ask themselves, um, does this issue relate to our industry? Does it relate to our um, organization's DEI guiding principles and what we stated as our commitments? Um, is it authentic for us to talk about it or would it be performative given some of our own maybe um, issues? And then um, also like how are your customers and your vendors and partners um, being affected very much determines um, not just if you say something, but to what extent you action on um, what you're saying. Let's say you start the right way. It is intentional. 
but then you start getting blowback. How should you handle that scenario? I know that it's been referenced um, a million times, I'm sure, but at this point by uh, PR marketing and comms professionals, but uh, Bud Light, um, I will go back to that time and time and again. Um, I think that they had every uh, intention at first of ensuring that um, their marketing efforts and, and how they show up um, appeals to a wider um, target demographic and a, and a younger target demographic. Um, and quite frankly, uh, in a way that is a little bit more, um, right, inclusive. But after the blowback against, obviously, um, them using a, a trans influencer, um, Dylan Mulvaney, and rather than, you know, really sticking to um, their guns and saying, we really um, value diversity and inclusion, we want to show that in our um, marketing, we want our um, uh, consumers to feel truly represented um, in a holistic way, et cetera, et cetera. Rather than doubling down, they really, um, unfortunately, kind of did the opposite and said we, uh, it didn't really say anything. Uh, the, the statement that came out from the CEO was um, uh, very much trying to thread the needle, but I think sometimes when you try to um, say it all and appeal to all, then you really appeal to no one. And so they just ended up making everyone mad, both on the right and the left. Um, they didn't uh, stand up for, you know, their, their in terms of their partnership with, with Dylan, that sent a message to, you know, the brand's other um, influencers or anybody else they want to, they might want to partner with yeah. and work with in the future. Um, so in general, they, um, by watering down so much, and trying to be in the middle, they ended up just alienating everybody. So how can companies remind their stakeholders of the importance of these issues and they still matter? And you know, I know we started with the concern that it sort of lost a bit of momentum, but there's a significant business case to be made. So maybe you can sort of leave us on an optimistic, hopeful note that things can get better. One way is by clearly making the business case for this. So I know I provided uh, and threw around a lot of stats um, earlier in this interview. At the end of the day, though, um, at a 10,000 foot level, uh, I really believe that a well-functioning society is good for business and necessary for business and vice versa. As we consider the greater role that businesses must play within society, uh, it's important to remember um, businesses now have more trust from consumers than the media and then um, uh, than, uh, government institutions. This means that businesses are increasingly wielding uh, more influence and more power. And I think with that, with all of that trust and with all of that power and outsized influence comes greater responsibility. Um, so as we think about the social responsibility of corporations, um, I urge companies to remember it's not a zero-sum game, but rather a double bottom line is what I'd like to say. Just one point to emphasize, because you talked about, you know, business and how they're being held in higher regard than other institutions. Interestingly, we did a survey of more than a thousand people using WIC.io, and what they found was that there was one area of agreement between Democrats and Republicans in that they trusted local TV news way more than national news and especially more than social media. 
by a huge margin, 85 to 15%. So that might be a carve out where there is some trust as well. As we wrap up the discussion, any final thoughts that you have? It's important in terms of um, how we show up in authenticity, going back to some of the pillars. I just want to reiterate the pillars being um, intentionality, transparency, um, authenticity, and creativity. Um, it's very important that we're not just, you know, we're communicators, right? But we're not just saying words. It's very important that as corporations, we're not just putting out statements just to put out statements. We're not just tweeting or sorry, posting on X, <laughs> just a post. Um, it has to be backed up by actions and it has to be um, substantive, right? Like nobody wants empty words. And quite frankly, um, people can see right through when companies are um, posting in a performative way, in an unauthentic way, or just paying lip service. So I want to reiterate how important it is to make sure um, from a corporate reputation standpoint, um, and from just a, um, it is the right thing to do standpoint, that your words are being backed up by real action. Yeah, and that raised another point. So forgive me, I'm going to ask you another question, because intentionality, transparency, authenticity, those are things that boxes can be checked. It's clear if you're doing it or you're not doing it. But creativity is sort of a different dimension. What is some of your advice for improved creativity when it comes into this important area? We're already moving this way as a society, um, expanding the very notion of what is diversity and, and really embracing all forms of diversity. So it's not just race and ethnicity, although that's very important in terms of um, representation, but also um, are you thinking about neurodiversity? Are you thinking about um, rural versus urban in terms of um, whom you're reaching and representing? There's so many ways you can um, slice the, 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 the apple, but it's important to expand our very notion of what diversity means and what inclusivity really means. Um, part of it, I would say, build an inclusive comms or marketing team, right? If your marketing team is not diverse itself, um, chances are they're not going to be as good at speaking to uh, and, and coming up with campaigns that um, resonate with more diverse audiences, right? So it's really important to make sure that um, your teams, your marketing comms teams um, themselves are, are representative and more diverse. Um, and then also just ensuring that um, there is true diversity in your advertising, um, but in a way that is not performative. So for example, if you're a company that, um, quite frankly, your C-suite is not um, super diverse, but you're showing on a report or something on your webpage on a page about maybe your, your senior leadership, um, some stock images of, of, of uh, containing very uh, diverse subjects, that might not come off as the most authentic. So I think that's a fine needle to thread sometimes. You've clearly threaded the needle of sharing important information. Thanks so much for being part of our discussion. Thank you so much for having me.